Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to <laughs> Frida's channel. Um, so today I'm hosting a really wonderful uh, tech leader for Khan Karayer. She'll be joining us from Ireland uh, to talk about her uh, journey from Turkey to Ireland and building business uh, in a new country. So let me just welcome her. Hold on I'm a second. Hi, Farhan. Hi, Farida. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. It's very sunny here in Ireland, so there is no way that I'm not feeling well. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's rarely sunny huh, in uh, Ireland. I'm yeah. Uh, surprisingly, in Istanbul, it's been like really nice for the past couple of days, but today it's like really rainy and cold and uh, all gloomy, and that's why I have my uh, tea with me. Perfect Great. weather. Keeping you warm. <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome once again, and really uh, thanks a lot. I think um, we have a lot of uh, people today to hear your story. A lot, especially me. I'm also really <laughs> excited for this one. I do have a bunch of questions, but um, for those of you who are joining, and if you have any questions, you can ask uh, while we're talking. So I'll be following up and. Um, letting Furkan know. But now I want to just leave it to her to introduce herself. Who is Furkan? Where is she from? What is she doing? What has she studied? Sure. First of all, thank you so much for your invitation. I'm really delighted to be speaking to your channel, Farida. It's a great honor uh, to be here. Um, my name is Furkan Kareel. I live in Ireland, Dublin, and I'm an inclusive leadership advisor at diverseIn.com. And what I do, I train tech managers to recognize and practice inclusive behaviors in the workplace. And my background is in actually in software engineering. I worked in multinational companies for 10 years as a software engineer. Before that, I'm originally from Turkey. I studied in University of Bacheshir. And then, yes, we studied in the same college, but in different times. And uh, then I came to Ireland as an exchange Erasmus student. And uh, then I stayed. I graduated from the college that I was transferred. And uh, it wasn't a plan to stay here in Ireland. Um, I said, I'll apply for a job at the end of the semester. So if it works out, I'm going to stay maybe for a while. Mm -hmm. If it's if it doesn't work, then I can go back home because I was very homesick. I was missing my family very much. So, so it worked out. I stayed. And was it uh, difficult, the job process, finding a job? Uh, was it difficult? Um, I think in my college we had kind of some uh, workplaces that they had some agreements together. So they normally take uh, some graduate um, uh, students afterwards. So for me, uh, to be honest, it wasn't very, very difficult. Mm -hmm. So what was what difficult was the process of um, uh, interviews. So you have like a group exercise together with the candidates or and uh, you have one to one conversations with HR and technical managers. So that process wasn't easy, to be honest. But mm -hmm. getting in front of them was, I think, with the support of my college was somehow 
you know, easier. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, mm-hmm. most of the actually people that I talk to, they say like, actually, when you move to the country, it's much easier if you start with uh, education. That's why I was wondering if you had. Any yeah, I think it, it would be a completely different story if I directly come, come mm-hmm. from another country. But because I graduated from there, so they know my college, they have plenty of graduates already working in that company. So and uh, and I already know a lot of people working in different departments of that company. So I joined uh, Ericsson uh, mm-hmm. after my graduation and I worked there for five years and I moved to another company as well. So it's uh, end up being like 10 years wow. in total in, in tech sector. So yeah, my plan wasn't really... Um, wasn't clear at the beginning mm-hmm. so it's just um it happened and i'm happy that it happened this but, way um, about software engineering did you like when you were applying to university you started in turkey studying software engineering mm-hmm. uh is this something that you wanted to study uh back then like i'm gonna go into software engineering yeah that was my childhood dream wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Wonderful. That's a really good. Job. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another reason is I think my dad had a big impact on me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a civil engineer, and uh, he always wanted. He dreamed of me working in global sector, global big uh, companies as an engineer as well. So that's one other thing. And second, I haven't seen um, female software engineers when I was like in 90s. I grew up in Giresun. My hometown is Giresun, which is a little town on the coast of Black Sea. So um, like you wouldn't see much female um, role models there. So and uh, I said, maybe I can be one in the future and I inspire girls like me who doesn't see That's why like I think that is so amazing. Like from that time from such a city like you already dreamt you wanted to become a software engineer your parents supported and it's something mm-hmm. you went with it's like you know breaking all the stereotypes so that's going really well yeah i think um uh, like on those times you don't feel like oh that's great it feels like you know people around you might be saying you know what uh, that's not going to happen you're not smart enough you're not this enough you're not that Things Did like you ever that. Feel pressure, like while you were studying or when you wanted to go into engineering. Did you ever feel that uh, kind of pressure or judgmental view towards your uh, profession? So, uh, one thing they don't really say that out loud much, but they look at you like, oh, phew, forget about it. Like she says, uh-huh. but uh, that's not something realistic because I was. Uh, like you mentioned, I was a very introverted uh, girl as well, and still I am very introverted. So even saying out loud what I want for the future, what I, you know, want to do rest of my life was difficult. And then people looking at you like that, and maybe I like in at some stage of my life, some when I said this out loud in school, and some people laughed at me, and um, it was like very heartbreaking. Um, but like I, I knew it doesn't really matter if some people believes it it or not. It's just with me, if it doesn't, you know, happen, at least I would have tried. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't feel guilty. 
Um, but I knew that I, I, I tried my best. So not having a role model or a mentor, one of the biggest thing is like, you are in high school, you are like studying and you kind of have a big dream, but like, what can you do from that moment that will lead you to the better uh, path that you imagine? So uh, for me, uh, like I had to kind of come up with an idea myself and uh, I said, maybe I can, you know, focus on learning, improving, improving my language skills. So I learned English that will lead me to, um, to work in, uh, in a global sector, because like, if you, if you uh, learn like programming or uh, these engineering skills only in, 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 in Turkish resources, then you are really, really limited. So all the world resources are in English. So it's kind of the key to mm -hmm. get your resources richer. So it and was how, just, did you, how did you learn English? Because I mean, even uh, the time when I came to Istanbul back in 2011, like uh, people still were lacking. They weren't really into learning English. Uh, so mm -hmm. did you learn it here or did you have to take another separate course uh, somewhere? So I went to high school, uh, Anatolian type of high school, which you learn uh, additional like English classes, hmm. but I actually spend more time than I saw it as kind of like an an improvement development plan for me, not like a class that I have to pass. So uh, that helped me. But from another side, we don't have like YouTube or uh, channels like this will help you to self educate. So looking at a dictionary, for example, you have to kind of guess what the pronunciation is. So I still do a lot of pronunciation mistakes from those days that I try try to uh, teach myself. Mm -hmm. And um, and uh, yeah, it's just uh, with my own kind of uh, interest, let's say. Mm -hmm. Uh, I can't say that I, I learned it like perfectly from those days, but no, it always yeah. opened another door for me for the future. Then I went to, you know, University of Bacheshire, which I studied uh, another year only in English. And um, and I, I that education was really, really good and in many ways. So it was, you know, very high quality, was very good. And the lectures and everything was, I was very, very happy. Wow, that's great. No, I mean, I think like uh, language, no matter, like some people are underestimated and they start learning. Uh, I had friends who started learning English like after graduation, but uh, for those who are watching, it's so important if you're just entering university or in high school and you have some dreams, but like second language, definitely English. Uh, as you said, it opens so many doors to whether you want to go to global companies or you want to work in your own country, even that just like puts you on a different level. So that's something yeah. really uh, definitely important. And so after graduating from a bachelor's uh, Turkey, you just decided to go abroad directly. Did you do any volunteer experience here or did you do everything abroad? So after I got transferred to Ireland, so I was on the third year of college so I continued continue two more years here in Ireland again mm -hmm. uh, because the education system in college was different here. So 
if I go back to uh, Istanbul, I was going to to study only for one year, but because I stayed there, so it was uh, two more years for me. Um, uh, so afterwards, you know, uh, like I didn't uh, straight go from Istanbul to 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 work life here in Ireland. So these like three years in total, I studied before work. Mm -hmm. In terms of uh, volunteering, um, I did a lot of work, volunteer work in even uh, University of Pattishir as well. I was talking to you earlier in the launch event of the the campus. I was there uh, hosting and welcoming the... Um, one of the first people attending Pattishir University. This was which year, Furkan? A... <laughs> 2002, I uh, 2002 to 2005. Yeah, this was like newly opened university, like yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. What kind of you did uh, over here? You said you were. Uh, well, I know. So let people <laughs> hear about it. So, uh, to be honest, I don't remember much about my volunteering time uh, in in Istanbul, but. That was one of the occasion you mentioned. Uh, I was there in the launch event of the campus, uh, uh, sorry, Beşiktaş campus. Um, mm -hmm. Also, I you being... opened the campus for us. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think here in Ireland, um, you know, with the experience that I gained by the time. I'm involved in many different organizations, uh, volunteering program, especially a uh, startup community here in Ireland, Dublin. Uh, mm -hmm. I volunteer as a uh, as a diversity and inclusion lead for Startup Week Dublin. I volunteered a lot for Startup Weekend Dublin, and uh, I sometimes go to schools and colleges, even primary, high school, and colleges to talk about you know, what kind of uh, future is out there for you about like what kind of job you think you will do for the future because like a very limited number of the jobs that now we have, a, will, like, the graduate of those uh, schools will, uh, will, will have, uh, will get into those jobs. So the future is like unknown and very yeah. unclear for us at the moment. So... Uh, it's about like building the skills and experiences that will lead you to what you do for life. And also I volunteer to uh, empowering women uh, organizations as well as um, uh, like startups or like uh, diversity initiative programs and what else. Uh, programs like that really diversity and inclusion women in tech was something like uh, you thought of okay let me just go directly and work with startups like back then or was it just like something that was already happening in Dublin it was so like uh, I don't know popular. Hmm. so uh, for the people who are in the circle of the community it's very common like many of my friends are already, like they say, we are opening up a new, let's say, startup weekend Dublin for Khan. Like we want you to be there. What kind of things you can do? Can you sacrifice maybe the afternoon or can you be there? So it's like uh, we help each other. And uh, I'm in that kind of circle of community members that 
are kind of like leading the volunteer um, organizations already. Mm -hmm. So it's it's uh, that's how the connection works. It's like when I see an organization, if if I believe that I could be useful, yes, I go and talk to them and say, you know what, I can, uh, I would be happy to share this. But most of nine out of ten, they they come and say, Furkan, you know, we have this launching um, this year, next year, whatever. So is this something? Uh, can you you know help us or maybe sh share your experience? This and that. So it's just how it works here. No, uh, definitely. I think in Ireland, uh, especially in Dublin, like one of the top four startups, tech companies. Uh, in Turkey, it's uh, like startup ecosystem is still uh, like being built. Um, mm -hmm. For the past maybe uh, five years or less than five years, like they slowly started, but it's uh, growing slowly. So people are just getting the idea, the mindset to it, and people are just... Mm -hmm. Like they can go and work with startups, volunteer, help to, like you know, get some experience. Yeah, but you learn so much from those uh, things, uh, from others' experiences. Um, you get a chance to make some connections that will eventually help to your business, or they, um, you know, you help them, they help you. So it's it's a good community to be in. I think even like if everybody if anybody is watching here that is looking for any volunteering op uh, opinions go and find them and say you know what i'm i have x y and z skills i'm available this amount of time i'm happy to help you then they will i think connect you with the people that need those skills and i think it just um open up many doors you know many doors for you so it's like even if you don't get any invitation maybe they don't know you so make mm -hmm. sure that you make the first step be known and be um be present there you know if your skill will be you know helping to uh to those organizations and then it will just move on okay well we have a question here why sure. ireland why ireland um when i was like why not some other country? I think most of the people back then probably were going to uh, other European countries like Germany, uh, especially software engineer, right? So yeah. Why, how did you choose? Why did you decide to go to Ireland? I think it wasn't a, a much choice for me because um, in the Department of Engineering had two agreements with. Um, other EU member uh, universities, one in Ireland, one was in Finland. So mm. at first I was thinking to go to Finland mm -hmm. as an exchange student. And then uh, afterwards, I actually, when I get into the exam, I, I get the opportunity to like, I was chosen for Finland. And then I said, maybe it's going to be too cold for me. Mm. And uh and also the language is one uh, of the barrier that you can't really understand what uh -huh. people are speaking. So maybe Ireland is going to be a better option while, you know, uh, you know, I learn English in college, in schools, and um, I can maybe get my um, classes counted when I go back, you know. Uh -huh. And I, I had some little concerns uh, comparing to... Uh, for for Finland, so that's why I said okay, 
Ireland wasn't really known much in in Turkey when I said you know what I you know I I transferred to Ireland they say like where what <laughs> where is it and some people say like oh that's so far away so when I get that impression it means that they don't know where Ireland is so <laughs> oh and so how did how were your parents uh towards the, like going to iron when you told them you want it was it like a surprise or were you preparing with them so yeah they knew that i always wanted to study somewhere you know international things like that so um and when i get into the exam and when i was chosen for finland i said like mom i'm going to finland so and um so they were very happy. They were like, wow, that's great. And, and because they know that it's like temporary, if it's just for a semester or maybe two semesters. Temporary. <laughs> so they were very proud. And uh, I was telling to my uh, sister, she said, Africa, you will be like, you already feel so cold here in Istanbul. So I can't imagine you going to Finland. And then after I changed to, uh, Ireland she says Furkan you are going somewhere another country every single day so I can't <laughs> I can't keep on so it's like uh, as if like it's uh, it's just like I'm talking but it's not in in reality then she believed finally when I had the flight ticket but my parents were very proud and they were happy like they were not even feeling like sad they were very happy for me to you know come to ireland and um to go after your goals and dreams that's great yeah i uh one of the biggest difficulty was after completing my erasmus year um so like should i stay or not should i stay or not so there was kind of uh i was thinking what would be better option for me and then uh Actually, I like at the end of the year, I was very homesick. I was more closer to the, you know, Istanbul side. Mm -hmm. But my, my dad actually convinced, convinced me to stay. He oh, said, you know what, Furkan, you're like, um, you're, you were dreaming to work in, uh, in a global uh, perspective. So you're already there. You know, you can always come back. So the, the door is always open for you anyway. So why don't you actually graduate from there? Maybe after graduation, you can come back. So your, you know, your English will be better. You will have better opportunities when you get back. And uh, so he actually convinced me to stay. So that's wonderful. Big thanks to your dad. That's, that's, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm ha very happy that uh, they they all supported me on this journey and how long have you been in uh, ireland now uh for 16 years Ooh, 16 yeah years. but do you visit uh istanbul oh yeah you come very often yeah mm -hmm. so uh let's talk about your career you started working uh before coming to your business part building the business in uh, dublin how many years of uh, work experience did you get? I worked in total for five, uh, for sorry, for 10 years. Oh, you worked 10 years in Dublin? I worked for 10, uh, in Ireland in total, but uh, my college was outside of Ireland, so in another town, and mm -hmm. I worked for five years there, and then another five years 
here in Dublin. So in total, uh, 10 years, you know, working experience in, in, in Ireland. That's great. And she actually worked in some top companies, actually. And uh, so tell us now the main part. Uh, I'm really excited to hear the switch. After 10 yeah. years of experience in tech companies, how did you decide to build business? Okay. That wasn't something that you just... Um, you see a dream at night and get up and say, I'm starting a company. <laughs> so it actually came from some needs and some ideas. Um, so one of the things I was very frustrated working in uh, big names was uh, the number of female uh, leaders in tech companies was very, very limited. And, and especially uh, working on those companies as um, coming from a different ethnic background. For example, I haven't seen in Ireland a, a female leader of a tech company coming from my, uh, my background or another background that is not Irish. So these are the things I was always like, uh, will I actually get to the next level even if I do my best job? So these are the things I was very uh, frustrated to see and um, and also like uh, coming from a different perspective I believe we have very rich um, mindset when it comes to uh, leading an organization and that wasn't really valued much in the um, in in the organization so, and I was, you know, very frustrated and I was really looking for how, uh, you know, people coming from different backgrounds or different um, uh, perspective can actually move into leadership in, in Ireland, you know, organizations of big names. So that yeah, was challenging for international people when you move abroad to another country, like it's a different culture, different people, uh, language mm -hmm. could be different. So uh, is this like, does it stop you from becoming a leader in your career or some kind of business you're building? So I think that's a really good uh, point. Mm -hmm. And actually, then I, I Googled and I saw in tech companies globally, less than 1% of um, leaders are from female different ethnic backgrounds so it's like a shocking so it's yeah. like not many people can do it but not like even if you say like oh i'm not good enough i i i won't be able to get there then you don't see much examples even in the world so it feels like okay there is a big inequality here it's like is is it, it's not that women or women from different ethnic backgrounds are not smart enough. It's about the giving these uh, equal opportunity to, to those people and understanding their needs. So I gave myself a little bit break after working in, in, in big companies because I was feeling, you know what, I needed, I need some time for myself. I worked like I graduated two weeks after I started working. So I didn't even have a month's break at all mm -hmm. for many years. So I said, this is a better time for me to give myself a break and see what kind of thing I would like to do 
in life. And another thing as well that I had built a lot of experiences during these times that I feel like I would like to share those things right. because it will help to um, many people's uh, career development and um, and like in like life development as well. So my observations, my experience needed to be shared, right. and I and then um, the idea of diverse in came to the picture. So what I didn't want was I didn't want to start another women in tech uh, initiative because this was as I was saying that was my dream job. And uh, if I bring out another women in tech initiative, it would be good as well. But I wanted to bring all these um, uh, minority voices together under one roof. Because if you distinguish uh, into smaller groups of differences, then there is kind of like no communication. I wanted uh, an organization that will connect the existing communities of like women in tech or different ethnic ethnic leadership and uh, LGBT groups and disabilities in the workplace talking to each other under under one roof that will bring a holistic view to diverse inclusion problems in the in in the workplaces so that was the the idea wow and then you built uh diverse like was it uh, how was the process like when you were thinking okay i'm going to i want to bring all of this together together mm -hmm. uh, how do i start where do i start like i've never built a business so how did you come to yeah i think i was a bit lucky in this sense because uh for many years i waited for the the most genius idea to to implement okay so um when i was working full time I actually set up another company, uh, like I was working on that part-time to build like everything from scratch. The reason was like I waited for so long time for the genius idea and I knew by, uh, by the statistics that first companies always fail. So I started this company to fail and experience <laughs> failure. <laughs> And then my second or third had a better opportunity to win. So, wow. <laughs> like, it, it's very interesting. Uh, like, I think I did so many big mistakes uh, on that tell company. Us, tell us about it, the, your failures. What did you learn from them? And how did you come to finally build something that you love? Yeah, one of the biggest thing uh, was I didn't have uh, a good uh, business model, to be honest. Uh, that was the biggest thing. If you don't have a good business model, like there is no meaning to invest anything because I was very confident enough from like I was earning uh, my um, my income from that the other company already. So I was kind of like playing by myself. Mm -hmm. uh, what happened in the first company was like I, I launched the website, I made available, I, I like had all these social media accounts and things like that. Like for days and months, nobody knew about it. Why? Because first of all, I was very shy to tell people that I launched a company. Mm -hmm. So even my friends mostly didn't know about it. 
And second, like, I didn't know how a business works, you know, how to bring my product out to, to, uh, to the market. So, very, very important point uh, from all the, the other entrepreneurs I hear from other people who are going into like a startup world. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like building the product uh, is easy. Like you can build the product, you can make the app, you can make the game. But what's important is to get it out there, to yeah. get it out there to the, the customers. Maybe, yes, you have in your head that, oh, you're going to reach out to, I don't know, people age of 20 to 30 or something. But how will you do it? That's like a very important part, actually, to think about, like maybe in the business model, something to think about and make sure you have at least someone who will do this for you. And... Uh... I, I think it should be considered as early as possible, even before building the product, because there are many ways to build product. You can um, do a demo and uh, get to understand uh, your clients, your uh, market segment better. So then you go and build. So in normal you know case what you would think you would build a pen and then you try to go and sell the pen but the business doesn't work that way and not anymore maybe that was the past but it's completely different now there are many different methodologies like for example uh lean startup is uh, is a, a book that i can recommend as well so it's like how can you build not build but design a solution that you can test before you build it mm-hmm. so that you build and design the a pen and then you ordered like thousands and then you can sell because one of the things one of the feature pe- people don't like at all so how do you avoid those type of uh failures yeah. uh, in advance so and then after i launched divers in it was completely different than your third uh, business. Was this your Sorry? third or second? Uh, it was my yeah my second business. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and it was completely different. That you need to be able to get it uh, uh, like across to the customer. So how did you start it differently this time? So I was actually in the group of. Uh, startups and entrepreneurs already so I get into the club let's say mm-hmm. so people knew me with the other company and um, and I learned from their advices and insights as well so when I launched I launched with a launch event mm-hmm. and I remember when I uh, add the page to Eventbrite at at like 3 p.m., like around like July. So like minutes later, I saw the first ticket was sold. And I was like, wow, it's like 3 p.m. in a summer day and people start buying it. So, and another thing I, this time I learned what to share and what uh, not to feel the guilty of sharing. So this is a business. This is not like a shoving off. Then I launched, uh, I, I shared it on my LinkedIn profile and 
after I shared it on LinkedIn, I start getting emails from all over the world. People said they want to be part of this project. They want to, they say like, Furkan, we want to help you, but we don't know how, tell us how. Then I I wrote a, a, a blog post about how, like four ways you can help us, either like follow us or maybe share or things like that. Uh, or maybe be an advocate for us and things like that. So it was like, wow, it was completely different. And lunch is something that is super important as well. The bigger the lunch is, the bigger, uh, you know, the celebration, it, the better, um, like, return you see later on. Because... Like if you don't inform people, even in a way that it's a lunch or something, a post, so it's like people won't have any like idea about the product at all. At all. So lunch event uh, is one of the biggest thing I would highly recommend. Mm -hmm. And so how long you had uh, Diversin now? For how long? Uh, two years. Two years. Okay, and so you've had it only in Dublin. Uh, can you tell us a little, like, uh, what do you do or who you work with? Uh, do you have so a we we have we are operational uh, globally actually, but our headquarters are is based here in in Dublin, mm -hmm. and we have twenty ambassadors from five different countries as well, including um, women in tech, ethnic culture disability lgbt um women in leadership uh perspectives of diversity so what we do we train uh tech managers to recognize to be able to recognize and practice inclusion on their day-to-day -day activities in in the workplace we also work with companies to help them diversify their workforces and how to reach out to different communities, let's say. Mm -hmm. And also we work with uh, companies and teams to engage multicultural teams in, in a better communication and effective communication. So these are the activities that we mostly do and inclusive Sorry, yeah. Inclusive leadership is one of the, the most important product that we have. We, again, train mostly tech managers. I think I didn't actually start with, like, let's educate tech industry. But I think previously my, you know, background affected may, made a big impact on this. And also many big... Um, Tech companies here in Ireland are uh, very multinational workplaces. And I don't know if you're familiar, but in Ireland, we have many headquarters of uh, big American companies like Amazon, Facebook, Google, and, and so on. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a great environment to build those solutions. To. So that's how it's uh, naturally uh, shaped. Let's say. And uh, do you think this could be something like uh, brought here? Like, uh, I, I mean, you're not training um, companies here in Turkey, right? Or like other it, Not yet, but we are open to that, definitely. Uh, one of the reasons is I'm 
much familiar with you know working culture and the society in Turkey as well and also um, I can relate to the problems that you know maybe I experience or other people I said there are so many startups uh, entrepreneurs they all are talking and yes this is something like uh, bringing diversity to workplace and many people uh, ask about it like um, they also I remember going to one of the events and they asked this uh, entrepreneur guy like uh, so how come you have so many men like not women or how can I encourage my daughter to go into something like this uh, tech company and they're like we don't get the request actually they're open but uh, maybe there's not uh, enough awareness maybe there's not enough mm-hmm. um, like you said maybe they're not really familiar maybe some people are uh, shy maybe like as you said something with leadership personality that needs practice So I think that would be really nice to uh, eventually in the future uh, to bring to Turkey as well. Yeah, for sure. First of all, uh, we don't get like applications or interest. That's not an excuse. <laughs> I should mention that um, that's not an excuse. There are like millions of thousands of people out there who mm-hmm. are waiting those for those opportunities. And if you are the the director of the company or organization it's your responsibility to mm-hmm. reach out to those and find out where those people are mm-hmm. talented people all over the world once you di- diversify your workforce uh, it's going to be a a bigger um a bigger c- a candidate pool so you will meet with uh, many great talents which maybe you may be not able to find with your limited uh, talent pool there are many great um, benefits of diversity and, and inclusion it's definitely another time but if they do ask for the next time Frida you know my contacts so <laughs> I'm here to help I think we're gonna talk a lot with you about diversity because I think it's such an important uh, topic um, like I also, most of people have seen, I talk about uh, I'm Remarkable workshops, which mm-hmm. uh, I will talk later. But you, I think you have an idea about it. Again, like it's supporting uh, diversity in workplaces. Like I'm for it, but um, there's a question uh, that I always like think about. Is it like you said that it's responsibility of the like business owner to create that diversity. The question is, is it his, is it about him? Uh, the or her whoever the business owner is that cannot create the diversity or is it about the people us uh, not going for it not stepping up not applying mm-hmm. here or yeah like, you know what I, mean? I I see your point it's like what I mean it's his response it's not one person's responsibility it's not one department's responsibility but uh, he, he he has the accountability to spread out his awareness that you know what team we want more diversity and we want to reach out to people who may we haven't met before so bringing out that message and inspiring the team and the organization to reach out so you can't achieve one thing um with yourself so it's bringing this awareness to your organization and then letting people uh spread out the message to Uh, to their communities and so on so 
that's that's a very good point. Thanks for uh, mentioning that, Farida. Yeah, like uh, as I said, uh, in Istanbul, as far I haven't been to other cities, maybe those who are from there they can ask. Uh, so far, like. I see a lot of uh, motivation for it, actually. We have a lot of, um, in Turkey, you know, we have uh, women tech makers, uh, WTM communities. Uh, and so, like, they are always encouraging. They're doing right now, they're still continuing till end of May. They're doing International Women's Day online. So they're really encouraging this. And I really like that such communities exist. Uh, maybe they create more awareness for uh, other developer uh communities or groups or businesses and it's something that needs to be spread uh for Definitely. sure Definitely. and i really hope to see diverse in uh in istanbul oh we have like really Definitely. nice comments here <laughs> people are really proud yay <laughs> hello from baku and brussels what a great oh, that's great i think those should be mentioned yeah Definitely, there's like big uh, part here as well of parents, I think. Uh, your parents have encouraged you. You were talking about a city like Giresun, uh, where like people talking about software engineering for women, what? That kind of question. And so it's wonderful how your parents supported this from childhood and they really pushed you to go for your goals, your dreams. And that's so, so important. Like it may look quite small, but it's so important for a kid's journey. It doesn't matter with female or male, but to mm -hmm. pursue dreams, definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think we, uh, coming to the topic, we haven't really talked about the building um, a professional profile uh Frida that you, you, we were talking about uh but we touched into building a company so I think why building a professional profile is important starting a business outside is um so people don't know you in you know outside of your circle building a, a professional profile and uh, get into that more like detail so people understand what are you trying to say by the professional sure. mm -hmm. so professional profile what i mean by for example i if i'm an engineer i build a profile of uh, skills and um, a brand for myself personally that i will be known as a software engineer even in san francisco or from like giresun or from istanbul or baku mm -hmm. so this is the profile that I mean by professional profile that people know you. The go, you are the go-to person for a software engineer. Uh, software engineer in this, let's say, uh, software as a service or in this area. So, how do you build that uh, profile or a personal brand? That hmm. that's what I was. In other words, it would be personal branding practically. Like if uh, yes, if yes, you, but it will be something mm -hmm. like. That. Why it's professional? Because uh, people would like to do uh, business with other professionals. So which is important to build, uh, build that professional piece in your personal brand as well. I always call it professional uh, profile, but it could be uh, personal branding for you. Uh, but in my case, it's a per professional uh, profile. Why, why would you need is because uh, 
like with the internet and with today's world, everything is global now. You want to be the go-to person. You want to be the authority in your area that people will find you no matter what. Um, let's say you are you you live in in Istanbul, and then if you build that profile from New York, they will find you, and they will wanna they will want to do business with you. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, yeah, please. I'll ask my questions. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, go ahead, please. So uh, when people are building their professional profile, what do you suggest them? How do they start? Like people, as you said, for example, you were an introvert, right? Now I know that you've spoken in front of hundreds of people. Like, And again, you're here today speaking to people. So how should they build it? Where should they start? What if they cannot really put themselves out there? Mm -hmm. First of all, I would, I would argue why you want to do this. Mm -hmm. So my, even though I'm an introverted person, it's difficult for me to speak in front of people, um, large number of people and et cetera. But my motivation behind it is to be able to spread out my message that will help and touch into others' life. So this is my motivation behind building my professional profile. And people can relate when they see me speaking on, on the stage. They say, you know what, I've seen a, a Turkish lady. And um, so I, I relate to myself. So you know what, this person inspires me. Maybe her experiences will be very similar to, you know, what I want to do next mm -hmm. in my life so it's inspir for inspiring people that i can maybe in these platforms like this maybe i don't do a face-to-face -face, but maybe my story helps them to go forward on their on their dreams so this is my motivation to build it so find your motivation and why you want to do this uh, profile so remembering that will help you um to behave accordingly it's not something like you know i want to be the best person i want to show off and things like that no people if people do like that it's very easy to see isn't it freida what do you think i think it's very easy to read the uh, people's intention from face if it is for like i want to be the best yeah, but it's also social media when we talk about personal branding like um I think here, uh, what I'm trying to say more like about the social media that they can choose, for example. Yes, of course, uh, as you said, it's easier to understand who's trying to build what, what they're trying to show uh, experience. For example, I know from you, um, from Twitter, uh, and then uh, like you can follow Divers and like that or LinkedIn as well. So you uh, like follow up and you, the experience you get, the knowledge that you get, it's something already that you've built that you're... Um, sending to us hold on i think i got something okay and um by when you're building this uh personal branding that we're talking about i do you think that it needs to be put on everywhere or is it something that they should choose um like to build on one platform what do you think mm -hmm. uh, you don't have to be everywhere first of all and my uh, my audience is on twitter and linkedin i know this for example i'm not very active on facebook um so 
if your you know uh, audience wherever they are go and build that on maybe one platform so mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be every social media you have to be active and things like that mm -hmm. and like these things are really time consuming to be honest if it's going to take a lot of time and energy for you just don't invest uh, your time yeah. to be in every platform, but choose one. What you said, like when you are trying to build a professional profile, we come back to the why. So like you said, like, first of all, the question is, why do you want to do this? Whether you're going to start from Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn, like you chose LinkedIn. And by the way, it's a really great platform for those who want uh, in terms of their career, they want to put their profile out there. Mm -hmm. uh, LinkedIn is a great um, way to start and also I think uh, what's important when you're building the profile don't take it as like a big ocean well it is like a big ocean when you think about it too easy to get lost but don't think that you're going to uh, reach out to every single uh, person out there you need to find your niche uh, you need to think of the people you want to reach out to you need to speak in their language and so whether it's 10 people or 100 people, eventually you're going to build your profile for those people. And those 10 people are going to know you for this. Like I know for, for her, uh, I know her as a tech leader. I know her that she's in Ireland, she has built business and I follow Diverson. So, and I just follow her uh, posts about it. And maybe it's only like what, 5,000 of us or 10,000 of us, but she has built that. She has built it for us and she continues to build it. She invests her time in this. So as you said, again, like if you're not, if it's something that anyways, you're just doing just like that. No, but mm -hmm. always start with why. I definitely agree uh, on that. Mm -hmm. And based on your uh, comment, Farida, that um, I always go with the quality than quantity. Yeah. For me, if I have like, I don't have 10,000 followers, but... I would prefer 500 followers who engage with me or who, yeah, whom I can connect in in a, in one way than comparing to 10,000. So it's kind of like, um, it's not my style, first of all, and second, uh, I want to really engage with their uh, development as well. You know, I like to comment on people's posts. I would like to share my uh maybe one of my experience mm -hmm. or maybe support their you know business i share it on my platform as well so if it's huge i can't do it obviously so i can't authentically uh be myself i can't authentically uh align with my values so which is very important that's true uh also i have questions about um your a conference like talking about the profile I, um, what do you think about joining conferences uh, speaking at events these kind of things for the profile of the person absolutely it will uh, it will skyrocket your profile um <laughs> I, I think speaking is it's first of all difficult it's not easy let's uh, accept it mm -hmm. and uh for the first time, uh, public speakers, I, I think I have a video on that uh, in my channel. Um, uh, because I always get uh, questions, oh, for can you always speak in you know, conferences, things like that. So maybe could you share some few tips for me? 
and then I decided to 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 do the video. Uh, like it's a it's a process. It's a learning uh, curve. We were talking about that before the the live uh, stream as well. So try it. It's just try it with yourself. You know, record yourself to the camera and accept your weaknesses and try it again and again and again. It will always improve. So accepting that uh, kind of like vulnerability in public speaking is is great. For example, I like even if I speak in Turkish, I'm a very slow speaker. I I just can't speak so uh, I can't speak fast. Okay, so in okay. English as well, I'm not a fast speaker. But when I listen to myself, I'm like, oh my god, I'm speaking so slowly. But I should be faster, faster, faster. So I was burning myself out to speak faster. But you know what? This is me. I should accept it. I know this could be counted as a weakness, but. I can't really do it, so this is this is something I I uh, have to, had to accept. So find out those things that is oh, unique. Uh, that actually, uh, in I think it was January or February. Uh, I joined the, the summit for Google Developers Group summit, and we had a, a community manager speaking, and she talked about her uh, Erica. I'll just say. Thanks to her, if she's watching this, uh, she mentioned about how you should focus on your strength instead of weaknesses. When you are constantly thinking about your weaknesses, it stops you. It stops you from going forward, stops you from trying to create something. But instead, focus on your strength like you did. Like, although you reflected on your video, you checked on your profile, okay, this is something, but hey, I cannot fix this. But you know what? I like talking, so I'll just continue speaking i'll go to events i'll do uh, i'll go to conferences which i think you'll soon be uh having um joining another conference that you yeah. mentioned women tech, yeah women in tech conference uh global conferences coming up on 10th of june so yeah. i think women womentech.net is the website to go so there will be hundreds of women in tech leaders and community champions will be there. So I think it's a great opportunity. Uh, and it's free to join. Right? They can follow you on LinkedIn and Twitter to stay up to date yeah. with your uh, conference. Absolutely. And my website for Kankareal.com has uh, some upcoming events as well. And feel free to follow me from Twitter, LinkedIn, and, and wherever the platform I am. I don't know. I think I'm... Everywhere. I'm not very, <laughs> very active on um, YouTube, but I try to build some um, regular videos that will help some people either in productivity level or in diversity inclusion um, perspectives. So it's a little bit of like a giving platform from mm -hmm. YouTube. Okay. Well, before we go, I want to ask like a couple more questions because guys, like there's like so much to hear from you. Um, so do you think uh, now that on your second business, uh, you started with building your profile, professional profile um, through different platforms, do you think that makes it much easier to start your business? 
yes, but there are many other things that I wasn't really uh, successful on the other business. I can't say only my profile, mm -hmm. but yes, it played a big role in the success of my second business. Definitely. Um, one thing I would like to mention before mm -hmm. um, we yeah. finish as well. Uh, I think like entrepreneurship is something very funny. It's like you you feel the fear, but you mm -hmm. do it anyway. It's not something that nobody's afraid. I know everything. No, it's like you are building something from scratch that hasn't been there, hasn't been built. So it's it's a scary journey. It's it's not comfortable. Get used to not being comfortable. <laughs> and um, so entrepreneurs are really they are afraid too like i'm afraid too but i do it anyway <laughs> this way <laughs> that's so good i really hope one day um you can well once this whole quarantine ends uh in istanbul we can host you for other tech uh events because uh, you're so right like about entrepreneurship i think what most uh entrepreneurs like have this it's like a really different feeling they say they like they just wake up with it like to do something crazy to do something creative to like it's scary it's, it makes them nervous but yet no this is what they want to do and uh that's like what you've been going through for the past couple of years yeah there is a funny picture you see it on social media that this is what i think i would do this is what i did uh this is what my mom thinks i do and things like that you know so i actually thought that i would be lying on the beach my laptop on my laps and enjoying the sunshine <laughs> yeah happy days while i was working i could work from where wherever i want and whenever i want as well the reality is actually completely different <laughs> I'm on the messy, messy looking picture side that I worked, I don't know how many hours a day. And um, uh, yeah, it's just like uh, something that I haven't imagined uh, before getting into, uh, you know, entrepreneurship. But this is the reality, unfortunately. <laughs> and if you had to, like, I always wonder, like, if you had to, like, come back to this world again let's say would you still go into entrepreneurship i think i would the reason is the fulfillment from this something that you build from scratch and you see you know even you you take make a decision and then you see how it's shaping you know mm -hmm. it's going to success if it's failure you are all um, in charge. You are all responsible for that, and um, and the fulfillment from bringing something out there is, I think, I haven't uh, experienced that uh, previously in working work, working for others. Well, there's still uh, like I'm sure a long way with your. Uh, business which I think you'll not stop you have this personality of continuously like going uh, it's really great and that was actually in one of my um, I was wondering questions like what keeps you so motivated to continue not give up I'm sure you must have faced so many challenges while trying to build this community trying to build this agency like what is it that has kept you so motivated and you still continue um i think to be able to touch into others life you know with the work that i do 
is a great um, motivation for me every day. And the second thing is my, as I mentioned to you, that my motto in life is discover, share, and inspire. So I like to discover the difficulties, the failures, and the experience, learning, and everything. So I actually enjoy the journey. And then I like to share it with others who maybe didn't have any opportunity. And I like to inspire people with those sharings and maybe um, that will really make a big difference for, the, for their life. So that is kind of my life, my, uh, my life motto. So it's, uh, this is keeping me uh, energetic every day, making, uh, getting up early in the morning and do what I do. Um, yeah. Well, that's great. And um, do you have uh, anything else uh, we've missed on to add? I think uh, I, I'm looking at my notes and I think one of the biggest thing out there is uh, I, I get a lot of questions. People say, I want to start a business. You know, my aim is to start a business to, you know, do this, do this. But I think we are uh, putting starting a business into a wrong box. Starting a business is a tool. It's not an aim. So let's say you imagine like my dream is to start a business. Then once you sign up your you know registration, then your dream is done. So you are not making an impact. So making sure that starting business is not um, an aim or a dream, but making an impact from the uh, from that business, keeping this as a dream or as a as an aim is the key. So. I want. I wanted to make uh, make sure that people get that people don't only look at starting a business is like oh, I want to start a business because it's cool. People do that as like a dream. So it's it's something I wanted to mention. No, that's good. That's true. That's uh, uh, especially like uh, even in Turkey, like it's uh, because the ecosystem is just being built. Uh, just people are understanding about this whole startup ideas, investments, who should do what and how. Uh, it's quite important to remember that it's not just <laughs> the idea of uh, owning uh, something. Like it's really building. I uh, thank you for mentioning that. Mm -hmm. I judged at many startup uh, competitions. Actually, uh, there are a few things we we we, we look. Because mm -hmm. um, afterwards we discuss with the judging panel what worked, what didn't work, and most of the things I see is like um, they start a company for the sake of starting. But what we look for mm -hmm. is like the problem with success, right? Like uh, when they started just like for the sake of starting, there's a problem like of failing. Mm -hmm. I mean, actually not having something stable, not something, uh, not having something that will grow. Yeah, for example, the the is the problem a real problem? You know, so you are really looking at that, and is the problem that you are trying to solve have somehow connection to you? You know, so why you are trying to solve this? So why I'm trying to solve what I do is because I experienced that. It's bad. I don't want it. People experience the same thing. So things like this. So you want to really see 
why this person is trying to solve the problem. And another thing I look is the skills of that person. You know, like if I say I want to build a spaceship, nobody will believe in it because I have no interest building it. Then, so it's like why, why, um, what kind of skills that you have will lead to success of this business? And finally, do you have a good team that will bring a, a good uh, product out there? Is there a team spread? Is like, did you decide who will work on what? So it's kind of like a little projection and things like so. It's very basic things actually, but in the pitches you don't you don't see those things uh, demonstrated well. And um, and then you see people are just doing it for the sake of oh I want to make money. Then it's like you are being uh, you are being uh, out of the game already. So, but that's why uh, I think, uh, as you said, there's like uh, the way people perceive it, the way people look at it, and the way people start it. It uh, really affects your startup, your business. Uh, that's why you hear so many stories of like they just opened and closed. It didn't work out. Uh, it's something I think entrepreneurship. Like when I think of entrepreneurship, I see it um, something that needs constant learning, like constant developing, constant learning, constant growth, searching. Uh, like you need to have that all the time, even if you are you brought the product. But it just. I like I'm not an entrepreneur, but from the events that I go to, from the books I read, and from observing uh, other people, this is what mm -hmm. I see. Um, so <laughs> keep, keep learning is the one thing uh, uh, a new company uh, director should should do. Keep learning, keep exploring, keep um, refining, building more innovation, and 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 so on. So yeah, absolutely. Wow. Yay. <laughs> Had a really nice uh, advice from Furkan. Thank you so much. Um, well, this was it for us. Uh, oh, we have like <laughs> comments. We have Nazreen. Hi there, guys. Nazreen's here. Yay. Hello, Nazreen. Uh, we do have, uh, among those uh, people who are watching, we do have uh, some who are uh, planning, already thinking of using their mm -hmm. to create something. So I hope uh this was a very helpful session for them and once again you guys can follow furkan from linkedin twitter check her uh website and reach out uh she's a very very welcoming uh lady I'd thank say. you so much <laughs> thank so, you thanks for joining i mean for me like i wish i could go on forever <laughs> talking <laughs> <laughs> but uh give a break definitely and i really hope to see you again we'll uh, i feel like we'll have more topics to discuss uh in future thank you so much for your invitation again uh, i'm really delighted to be here and i hope i could be useful to your audience thank you oh, definitely thank mm -hmm. you all right everyone i'm just gonna close down now so thanks uh everyone joining and the video will be up for those who want to uh, go back uh, again and just like uh, hear our wonderful uh, story and journey with Furkan. So I'll see you again. See you guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Hold on. <laughs>